The Sunday Six Pack with Dave Mann on News Radio 610 WTVN. Well, good afternoon and happy Father's Day. Hope you're having a good one, a, a peaceful one, doing something that you enjoy. And uh, take it from me, if, if what you're going to do on, uh, on Father's Day involves going to downtown Columbus, don't. Just go ahead and rethink that. There's really not much to do downtown anyway with, um, you know, there, there's no sports. You can't go to a Clippers game. There, there's, no, there's no hockey. There's really no nothing going on. And I think that's a big part of the problem that we have it's not confined just to columbus ohio but probably nationwide um the young people who want to protest that's great exercise you're right but i also think because there's no concerts to go to there, there's no sports to watch there's nothing for people to do so um rioting uh well let me back up protesting has become the great American pastime now. And for people that can protest in a peaceful fashion, um, round of applause, congratulations, by all means, make your voice heard. But it's really gone beyond that now. It's just people out trying to intimidate and raise hell. And especially downtown in front of the state house, that block between uh, broad and high and um, high and state has become an absolute nightmare. Uh, twice this week, this past week, I spoke with uh, Fraternal Order of Police uh, President Keith Farrell. Both times he said, just don't go downtown. Just stay out of there. Uh, last, I believe it was Thursday, we had protesters at the State House who thought it would be really cool to dip their hands in some sort of red paint and then touch up all the pillars and, and the steps and, and the sidewalks because it's under the guise of peaceful protest. And uh, some people are saying, well, it's not that big of a deal. It washes off. Well, you know what? Um, if you have to bring in power washers to get that stuff off, that, that's not just an easy uh, wipe away cleanup. Uh, I know DeWine is out. Uh, he's infuriated with this. Um, and he says these people should be and I hope they are. You, you can't continue to go downtown and deface the state house, whether you're smashing out windows or putting red handprints all over stuff. And now it's gotten to the point, uh, you know, we, we've heard conflicting reports this last week. What is the, the role of the police department? What can they do when things start to get out of hand? We know that they can't use tear gas or, or pepper spray. That's been forbidden. But I got a whole bunch of 911 calls I'm, I'm going to play for you this afternoon. And listen to these calls and, and know that um, number one, in, in one of the calls we'll get to in a little bit, this is absolutely compelling. Um, police response times have slowed down. Um, in some cases, you know, you call the dispatcher and they say, well, we've been told to stand down. There, there's confusion over that. There's confusion everywhere. Uh, Emily, back at the studio, let's go ahead and start with, um, let's start with the one that's labeled, I did my duty. Listen in on this and, and, and check this out. 911, what is the location of your emergency? Well, I don't know if it's an emergency or not. I live on High Street. 
in front of the Huntington, the young people have, or the people down in front of the state house have stopped a bus. They are harassing people who won't honk. The police came and left, and I understand why. But they got a bus down there and kids trying to climb up the front of it, and I'm sure the bus driver is terrified. Is the bus driver still in there? Well, I don't know. I, I'm not that close. I just know they stopped the bus. Okay, and how long ago? Are you seeing this right, right now through your window? Yeah. Gotcha. It's been, you know, a few minutes, and maybe they're just messing with them and the guy's okay, but it's very, very, you know how these things work. Anyway, that's it. I did my duty. He says, I did my duty. That that guy doesn't want any trouble. I get it. He lives downtown. This is going to affect his everyday life. People live there. People work there. They got to get in and out of the downtown area. And um, Emily, if you could get a guy surrounded as the next clip to play here. Listen, this is originally, this is about a six minute call. And I've edited this down. I've edited all these calls, in, in, in many of them, in some shape or form because either A, I, I took the person's name out or their phone number, anything that would indicate their identity I've removed. Now, in this particular call, this thing went for over six minutes, and, and we just don't have the time to let a six-minute call play. I've edited this down. Uh, I have not changed the content of this, but I've taken the gaps out. Uh, again, references to names, phone numbers, things of that nature. Um, so this this is incredibly compelling to listen listen to, even more so since I, like I said, I edited things down just to, to get it to play quicker. But um, th th this guy, this guy doesn't want to hurt anybody. Uh, he 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 shows incredible. I think reserve in, in what he's doing and what he's dealing with. But go ahead and, and, and tell me if, if uh, this isn't one of the most compelling things you've heard. Uh, go ahead and roll this one, Emily. 911, what's the address of your emergency? I'm in front of the state house. You guys better get down and have a gun, and I'm going to shoot some people if they don't get out of the way. They're circling my car. They've got the street blocked. I'm scared for my life. What kind of vehicle are you in? I'm in a black Jeep, and now they're they're on my car. You better get somebody down here quick. I'm going to Give me just a moment. I'm scared for my life. He's just he's marking my car up. I'm going to shoot him. I'm scared. Okay, put your gun away, and we will get you help. And no one's here right now. I'm not putting my gun away until the cops get here. How many people are around your car? There's four people circling me on bicycles. There's 75 that have the street blocked, and there's a guy leaning on my hood, and they're trying to get in the car. Are your doors locked? Yes. Now they're moving. Now they're rocking my car. Now they're threatening to spray paint my car. I've got officers dispatched. Come help you, okay? I don't want to hang up. Please don't hang up. I'm not going to hang up. I'm staying on the line with you. Officers are on the way to help you now. Do you see any state highway patrolmen? No, I don't. I'm closer to um, I'm closer to the uh, the intersection of uh, State Street. State and where? State and high. State and third. State and high. We're on high. We're directly in front of the state house. They're accusing me of being a police officer. I'm with. I'm not. I'm not a police officer. They said they're screaming sharp. I have a concealed carry. That's why I have a gun. What kind of gun? What kind of gun do you have? I don't know. I just carry it. It's a nine millimeter. I don't. I just need to be not here anywhere in the world, but here right now. Okay, we're on our way. Now they've got they've got more people circling me. This is kidnapping. This is kidnapping. Is what this is. They're refusing to let me move. Have you been exposed to the coronavirus? No. I want every one of these people charged. This is kidnapping. They're refusing to let me move. And if I really wanted to 
cause a lot of bodily harm. I could just put my car in reverse, but I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I just, I just want to go somewhere else. Now there's more. There's about 15 people now. Now they've got their phones out. Okay, we're on our way. Now they're throwing water bottles at my car. I don't see any police. Are you guys coming? Yes, we are on our way. I just, I don't know why they have to touch my car. Are they still threatening your vehicle? Yeah, there's one leaning on the hood. I can't, if I move, he's going to be injured. And I don't want to injure anyone. I can't go forward. I can't go backwards. I can't go backwards because there's approximately five people on bicycles circling. Okay. I mean, sure, I could, I could move, but it, someone's going to end up getting injured, and that's not, I'm, I'm just trying to prevent that. Okay, like I said, the officer's on the way. If they try to get in the car, I'm not going to have a choice but to defend myself. Okay, sir, I have officers on the way to help you now, okay? Yeah. Now they're, they're taking my um, VIN number down. Your officers are here. I'm going to hang out now. Okay. All right, so, so that call plays out. Like I said, originally, that was uh, over six minutes. And cut it down to just under three minutes. This guy... Uh, at first, he sounds like a nutcase, like he's just going to start shooting. Uh, I thought he displayed amazing composure. He says there's there's four guys, you know, riding around his car on bikes. There's a guy on his hood. He says there's about 75 other people in the immediate vicinity. And at one point, you can hear the people, they're laughing. This is all just a game. To the a lot of these people they're out to scare they're out to intimidate is this the black lives matter movement because if that's what you're up to uh this is going to end very badly for, for people eventually now imagine if you're that guy if you were in that car with your nine millimeter and somebody got in what would you do would you start shooting i i again i thought he exhibited incredible calm um, I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I, I was speaking to a police officer last night. We were talking about this call. He was familiar with it. And I said, how long would it, how long should it take to get a cruiser to this guy? And he said, uh, downtown, he said it should be about 30 seconds. And especially with the, the way things are in front of the state house. And, and the reason why it's slow is because ev everybody's confused on what they can and cannot do. How, how, if, if, a, if a single police cruiser rolls up on that, how is one cop who, who can't use pepper spray or, or tear gas going to get those people away from that guy in his car? Um, like I said, that, that took, uh, listening from the time the dispatcher said, I, I have police on the way until you heard the siren in the original call, it took about five minutes for that to happen. And again, you, you wonder, they know that that is a trouble spot in the city and it takes five minutes to get a, a cruiser there. And believe me, this is not an indictment on the police department. It's just that people don't know. I, the, the, you know, we've had uh, we had uh, Keith Farrell on earlier this week saying the cops don't even know what they can do and can't do in these situations. And, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to put the finger. I'm going to point the finger directly at the mayor because he doesn't know what I, I don't think he knows what to do. I think he's scared. He's getting heavy pressure from his whack job left uh, constituency 
who they, they think all this stuff is great and this is the way life should be. Can, can you imagine in some of these, if, if, if we really uh, get rid of um, police, if, if we really defund the police departments, this kind of stuff, I mean, it is off the freaking hook. If you have a comment, 821-WTVN, uh, 800-610-WTVN. We'll uh, jump into a quick break and get back to some of these other calls. The Sunday Six Pack, News Radio 610-WTVN. So we, we got in a couple of these 911 calls. Uh, the second one, you know, that one that goes for about three minutes, I, I just find that to be incredibly compelling audio. Um, and there's a couple of others I want to get to. Uh, let's get to some calls first. Uh, David, thanks for calling the Sunday Six Pack. How you doing, David? Uh, doing great. I just want to make two points. First of all, I agree with you. That guy should have been a police officer, whoever called 911. That guy was cool. Calm, collective. <laughs> I, I heard everything that you heard. It's like this guy. He was cool. He, he made all the right decisions. He said all the right things. Right. And, um, Let me ask I mean, you this, he, David. Do you do you think if they had gotten into his car, do you think he would have shot anybody? Well, you know what? What he really should have done if they got into his car, just uh, just drive a car off, even though he he would have ran over some people. Because, well, I, you know, I agree, should, and I think those people, if they got run over, would deserve it. But I, I, in today's climate, right, I, right. I don't know. If, if, if they would go, right. you know what? You had no business running him over because your car can be replaced. You, you might have got the snot beat out of you, but that's not worth somebody right. else dying over. No, that's bullshit because, you, you know, if you have that many people, you know, you are definitely, you know how they always talk about in fear for your life. Yeah. I know, and you know, we would both be definitely fear for a life uh, or a bodily injury. But I want to ask you one more thing also. Uh, um, you know the Columbus um, Blue Jackets, they're talking about Columbus possibly, or the, I'm sorry, the NHL was talking about Columbus, Ohio possibly being a playoff city. Mm -hmm. Does this mean like, like this may hurt our chances? You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it won't go to the city. No, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I, I mean, what do you think? Do you think the NHL wants to bring uh, a bunch of teams here th with that kind of crap going on constantly? Uh, you know, it's not the exact same section of town, but they if, if they knew that there was going to be, uh, you know, attention around uh, uh, Nationwide Arena, they'd move all those protests right. over there. Right, in, right. In a heartbeat. And also... The it also is a lot of boarded up places, so I think that'd be a major factor. If I was in NHL, I would go to all the, the cities that had nothing happened to them, like, you know what I'm saying? The riots yeah. and the very low COVID-19, but definitely well, the riots. You, there's no way that you want to go to a city that has a riot. I, right? I know Minneapolis was on the list. There's no way they're going to Minneapolis with that, and I, I, right. I doubt they're going to bring it to Columbus, and I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Hey, Dave, are, are you a father? <laughs> no, no, no. My second oldest brother is. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Thanks, anyways. Uh, you know, but now I'm still. Well, so, uh, not that you know of, but Dave, I'll go ahead and wish you a happy Father's Day just in case. Well, thank you. Happy Father's Day to you, too, if you're a father. All right. Uh, all right. I, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll get into more of these 911 calls and uh, your feedback as our city, uh, you know. Is it going to get any better? Are we just going to continue to uh, 
you know, uh, delve into chaos and, and, and anarchy. The Sunday Six Pack with Dave Mann on News Radio 610 WTVN. This afternoon, we're listening in on some of the uh, recent 911 calls that have been coming in. And the area of downtown between uh, high and broad and high and state continues to be a problem zone. And uh, the police are having a difficult time dealing with this in some cases because you've got these large groups of protesters who, who have moved beyond peaceful protesting. They're just downtown raising hell. And uh, it's becoming increasingly difficult for the police to disperse them. You can't use tear gas, can't use pepper spray. Uh, if you want to chime in, 821-WTVN, 800-610-WTVN. Let's uh, get Brett. Brett, thanks for calling the Sunday Six Pack. Hey, thanks, Dave. Enjoy your show, by the way. Thank you. Uh, just just curious, uh, with the 911 calls and everything, I guess my whole problem with this, with everything that's going on, I think every life matters. But I don't understand why now this is a big deal and we're tearing down statues and everybody has to hide behind everything and say, we got to tie our hands and this is what we have to do because of all these protests and destruction and everything. I don't understand that. I well, I, I think what, I think what's going on is, is it's a concerted effort by these these fringe groups. They know right now that people are afraid. Uh, politicians, lawmakers, people in positions of power are afraid to stand up right now and say, "Wait a second, let's have a conversation. Let's have an honest conversation before we start ripping stuff down." Because the second you do that, you instantly get branded as a racist, and and, it, and it's difficult. To, to shake that stigma. You know, it's, it's like the old joke goes, hey, Brett, uh, when did you stop beating your wife? And you go, well, I never did beat my wife. And, and, and you, you can't come up with an, a, a coherent answer that doesn't make you look foolish. And, and they know that this stuff is going on. Uh, that we're going to, you know, we, we had... Uh, going into last week, we had three statues of Columbus in the city of Columbus. One of them's gone. I don't know if the one in front of City Hall is is gone yet, but it will be in short order because Ginther said it's got to go. And there's still one at the State House. And uh, I had Larry Householder on Friday talking about that. Thankfully, the one at the State House, there there is no legal procedure in place right now to remove those statues. They they have legal procedures and things you have to go through to. to have a, a new statue or a portrait or, or things put up, but that will have to be addressed. But to your point, Brent, the, this is organized. The, the people know enough to do this, and it's going to be push, push, push. We've got to change everything under the guise that it's racial, uh, it's racism, it's insensitive, because they know that there's little to no resistance, whether it's that or whether it's just an impractical uh, uh, policing of our city streets. And, and and I agree with that, but you're going to have, and I'm not saying you're going to have one, two, three bad cops in our policing system. Don't get me wrong, sure. not more. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that whatsoever. But to have their hands tied and then to turn this into a racist thing, I mean, black lives matter, every lives matter. I mean, by any means, for God, for sake, every life matters. And what they forget, I mean, we're destroying businesses, you know, we're tearing things up. And what point are we making? We're taking down history that this country was built on. And the last time I checked, the last time I checked, when 
everybody that I see that gets on the news interviewed or throws a fit that, you know, they want to turn this into a race. Well, last time I checked, the 16th president in 1865 did everything he could and made it happen to abolish that because I saw an interview and they said, you know, we've been beaten down. I don't agree with that. It's not a race thing. I understand this happened. What happened to the two Baltimore cops in Ohio that were killed by a druggie? I didn't see a protest. I didn't see a march. Businesses destroyed. That was a couple years ago. What happened? I mean, this shouldn't be a race thing. I mean, it happened. It's done. Grow up, people. Get on with your life. Quit turning this into a race thing. It's done. You want a job? Go get one. You know, All right, Brett, Brett I got to jump. I, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. And uh, before we got, we got some other people to get to here as well. I want to get another call in uh, uh, quickly here. This is um, this one is uh, the bus in distress. A, a city bus gets um, uh, is surrounded by by protesters. Get, get a load of this one. Columbus Police, Tech 13. Hi, I am downtown. Um, I was on High Street between State and Broad. Uh-huh. I've kind of moved away. I didn't think all this stuff was still happening down here. That was stupid of me. But anyway, they're blocking High Street, and there's a bus stop, and he's flashing emergency call police on his banner on his bus, so that's why I'm calling. Okay, do you know what bus it is? Uh, I just walk back. Hold on. Okay, Can you hold? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you had the coach number or anything like that. Well, it's the only bus down here right now on High oh, Street. Okay. They're blocking him or her, and I'm so far away. The only thing I can see is the banner that says emergency call police, so okay. nope, we'll I mean, if you've got like time to wait, I'm going to go ahead <laughs> no, and it, it looks like officers have been dispatched, so we'll get officers. They're on their way, okay? Okay, that's what I was okay. thinking, but I couldn't tell from that this far away. Okay, thank, thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. So there's incredible foresight there from the bus driver who actually, you know, puts up on on the flashing bus marquee, uh, call 911, I need help. I have no idea how many people were, were on the bus that night. But um, if you've got to ride the bus in and out of downtown, I, I, God, I, I feel for you. Let's, uh, let's get Louise in here real quick on the Sunday six-pack. Uh, Louise, thanks for calling. And thanks for taking my call. Um, it's not just America, as you already know, but and hopefully many of your listeners do as well. This is just something they're doing worldwide because it's an opportunity to destroy the country. Some countries are stepping up and being stronger than others. America will never be strong because we kowtow to everything that is going on. I spoke to a young lady the other day at one of the banks and was chit-chatting and asked her if who she thought in the who in the United States should be permitted to vote. She said, "Well, anybody who lives in the United States should be permitted to vote." And I said, "Well, why is that?" She said, "Because they live here." I said, "What about our constitution that says only citizens of the United States can vote?" Well, I don't know anything about the constitution. <laughs> so therein lies, and mm-hmm. here's a, a young lady that's been to college, and many college graduates are ignorant. We know that. Um, here are young people that are taking social interest 
and the stuff that they get fed from the Democrat Party and those alliances of the Democrat Party, whether it's Antifa that has already been said that they're teaching people guerrilla tactics in order to go out and go into these protest situations. It's just their way of destroying our country. And I don't know if any intelligent person who doesn't already know when ISIS goes into a country, the first thing they do is destroy the churches, the statues, and any history that the country has available to them to know where they came from and what has made them the people that they are. So when your callers ask, why are we taking down statues, it's because they can, and you only have 20 or 26 cities in the country, all Democrat mayors but one, that are permitting the chaos that we have. And I could go on for 15 more minutes, and I won't do that to you, sweetie. But thank you very much. Uh, Louise, I always appreciate you calling and listening, and, you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of sense there um, that she's talking about. Um, there was, uh, oh, gosh darn it, there was something I was going to, oh, I, I was having a conversation with a, with a police officer last night, and he flat out told me that, um, he said the, uh, the, the real troublemakers in downtown, whether they're Antifa or, or whoever they are, he said in many cases uh, they are extremely well organized and from a tactical standpoint, um, they often operate better than the police department does. Th these aren't just dumb people down uh, raising hell. This is a focused effort with almost a military precision about it. We'll jump into a quick break and get back to the Sunday Six Pack News Radio 610 WTVN. Uh, this afternoon, we are listening in on uh, some recent 911 calls uh, from downtown Columbus. Uh, basically, the uh, the block in front of the state house, from uh, broad and high to uh, high and state, has become. Um, you don't want to go there. If you don't want your day or your evening ruined, if you don't want to be put into a situation where you literally may have to uh, fend for your life. We had a, a, a call earlier this hour from a guy who has a concealed carry who was trapped in his Jeep by protesters, called for, uh, for police, uh, gets online with the dispatcher, um, people surrounding his vehicle. I know a lot of people would say, man, just punch it, just floor it. And if they get run over, they get run over. I, in today's day and age, do you think you're going to be able to get by with that without looking down the barrel of a murder charge? I don't think so. Uh, and I think these people, uh, th these people who are not peacefully protesting, uh, they get what they get. You know what? If, if you're out in the street and you're blocking buses and you're blocking cars, uh, we'll, we'll try to fit in time to replay that call. And I got another one, too, from a woman uh, trapped downtown in her car. And it is absolutely heart-wrenching to hear how terrified she is and nobody will help her. We'll get to those uh, at uh, about 3.06 News Radio 610 WTVN. The Sunday Six Pack with Dave Mann on News Radio 610 WTVN. Broadcasting from the Dave Mansion this afternoon, Emily Taylor back in the studio, running the uh, running the show. Thank you, Emily. Great job as always. Got my uh, my chocolate lab sitting by my side, helping uh, you know, trying to give me tips and pointers on how to do a, a better show here. So we're talking today. We're listening in uh, on on some of the nine one one calls. Uh, I, I believe these were all within the last from the last week 
about uh, you know the, the chaos that uh, downtown Columbus has turned into. Uh, we had Fraternal Order of Police uh, President um, Keith Farrell on twice last week, both times saying, "Don't go downtown. Stay out of there. Um, it, it's just too dangerous." And, and uh, it's who who'd have thought that it would have come to this, right? After the death of, of George Floyd and then and the protesting and, and people realizing, yeah, things need to change. Stuff needs to be done. Yes, there are bad cops, but uh, and, and I'm not minimizing that at all. There, there are bad apples in every line of work. People are looking uh, at viable solutions to try to uh, end um police brutality and, and, and racism and other th- people are willing to, to listen and have conversations. People, however, have really uh, lost their their last bit of patience in dealing with these unruly protesters who are, they're not, th- these people are not out for racial justice. They're just out to scare and intimidate. Uh, you know, Demetrius Stanley was on with me several times this last week, and he maintains this is nothing about race. This is all about uh, a socialist Marxist movement to to invade and, and take over the government and, and and shift our country off its axis and and, and turn into a, a, a socialist Marxist regime. Some people may call that crackpot theory. Uh, others fully believe that's what's going on. Let's get into more of these calls here. Um, Emily, go ahead and roll uh, Woman in Distress. And if this doesn't break your heart, I, I, I don't know what does. Hi, I'm trying to work. And I was down by the girls' protest, and now I got a bunch of people threatening me and around my car and laying under my car. Where are you at? Oh, I don't know. Oh, on the street. Okay, where the bike is. Okay, I don't know where exactly it is. What's the closest intersection or address you're by? Um, uh, I don't know. You see a business you're by? Do you look for numbers on a building? Or pull up your maps on your phone and see what closest cross street you're by? I don't know. Nobody will hold me. Look at the GPS map on your phone or look for a street sign or look on the building for an address or a business name, anything. I need you to figure out where you're Um, at. Hold on. I don't know. Um, And you're not able to drive away or anything? No, I'm still at my car. Okay. Well, I need you to figure out where you're at. If you can't figure it out, I'm going to hang up and call 911. It's state. Hi, you're at Yeah. Okay, what color and kind of car are you in? Uh, red outlander. Sorry, what? A red outlander. A red outlander? Yeah. Okay, and they're surrounded your car, or what's going on? Oh, yeah. All right. We'll try to get them over there for you, okay? Just stay in your car. Keep the doors locked and the windows up, okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So so that poor lady, you know, that's somebody's mom, daughter, wife, sister. Uh, You can tell. She's terrified. What, What are these people, why are they bothering her? She's done nothing. 
that this is a bunch of this is bullying at its worst. People uh, picking out and harassing and terrorizing innocent citizens. That serves no purpose. That advances no agenda whatsoever. And and it's extremely she doesn't you know by listening to her, I don't know if if she gets you know, a lot of people have phones and, and they just use them for that as a phone or to check social media or a, a you know a texting communication device. There's people that aren't tech savvy that they don't know how to open some of that stuff on their phone. And especially when you've got people hanging on your car. She says I can't she goes, they're under my car. What happens if she takes off and runs one of those goons over? It's going to be her fault. They'll come back and. So let's grab a quick call here. I believe it's Justin. Justin, thanks for calling the Sunday six pack. Hey, Dave. How you doing, man? No, I'm good. Yourself? Uh, I want to share my perspective here. So I grew up with a family who all carried a badge every day. And watching your parent go out the door when you go up, to school and not know that they're going to come back. Mm-hmm. That's a very different kind of lifestyle, my friend. I bet. So I really think, you know, for your listeners out there, we need to draw back the demonizing and blanketing of all police officers as all of the same. Because I think, and if I'm wrong here, that's technically what racism is. Is it not? <laughs> you call one group all yes. of the same, right? Yeah, sweeping so I really generalizations. Think we need to draw back. Yeah, we need to draw this back. And for those who do want to defund the police and have this lawless land where we're going to govern everything, I'll tell you what. Go ahead, and the next time some kid is kidnapped and killed, you can deal with it. The next time some nasty person does a nasty thing, you go deal with it. Because my parents would come home and sob and cry and tell us about this stuff. So we grew up in appreciation for what they did for a living. Yeah. So I, I just, to all the people out there, I really want you to take a real hard, you know, people watch like shows like The First 48. That stuff's real. And it happens every day. And it happens in your neighborhood. And it happens in places you wouldn't think. So that's really just my comment on it. But just have everybody really. really uh, just, are are your parents here. still uh, <laughs> active in law enforcement or have they retired? Uh, they're, they're retired CPD detectives. Okay. Well, Justin, I uh, thank you. I mean, thank you for uh, you know um, for sharing that, and uh, th- you know, th- thank you for having to to put up with that your whole life. You know, growing up, yeah. wondering if uh, uh, you don't know if your mom or dad are, are coming home on any given night because they're going out to uh, to hopefully preserve the peace. I, I want. I'm going to replay this call. Like I said, this this is a long one. Uh, it's going to go just under three minutes, but I think it's incredibly compelling. Uh, the, the call itself was over six minutes. I, I, I took out a lot of the uh, the pregnant pauses. Uh, in some cases, had to remove uh, names and, and information that might identify the caller. But again, at, at first, when, when you hear what, what comes out of this guy's mouth, it is absolutely chilling. But as the call plays out and, and you realize that this guy is a pretty calm, cool, and collected dude uh, who shows a, an amazing amount of restraint in this situation, uh, Emily, go ahead and roll Guy Surrounded. 911, what's the address of your emergency? I'm in front of the state house. You guys better get down and have a gun, and I'm going to shoot some people if they don't get out of the way. They're circling my car. They've got the street blocked. I'm scared for my life. What kind of vehicle are you in? I'm in a black Jeep, and now they're, they're on my car. You better get somebody down here quick. I'm going Give to me just a moment. Gun. I'm scared for my life. 
He says he's marking my car up. I'm going to shoot him. I'm scared. Okay, put your gun away and we will get you help. And no one's here right now. I'm not putting my gun away until the cops get here. How many people are around your car? There's four people circling me on bicycles. There's 75 that has the street blocked, and there's a guy leaning on my hood. And they're trying to get in the car. Are your doors locked? Yes. Now they're moving. Now they're rocking my car. Now they're threatening to spray paint my car. I've got officers dispatch. Come help you, okay? I don't want to hang up. Please don't hang up. I'm not going to hang up. I'm staying on the line with you. Officers are on the way to help you now. Do you see any state highway patrolmen? No, I don't. I'm closer to um, I'm closer to the uh, the intersection of uh, State Street. State and where? State and High. State and Third. State and High. We're on High. We're directly in front of the State House. They're accusing me of being a police officer. I'm with. I'm not. I'm not a police officer. They said they're screaming shark. I have a concealed carry. That's why I have a gun. What kind of gun? What kind of gun do you have? I don't know. I just carry it. It's a nine millimeter. I don't. I just need to be not here anywhere in the world, but here right now. Okay, we're on our way. Now they've got they've got more people circling me. This is kidnapping. This is kidnapping. Is what it is. They're refusing to let me move. Have you been exposed to the coronavirus? No. I want every one of these people charged. This is kidnapping. They're refusing to let me move. And if I really wanted to cause a lot of bodily harm, I could just put my car in reverse. But I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I just I just want to go somewhere else. Now there's more. There's about 15 people now. Now they've got their phones out. Okay, we're on our way. Now they're throwing water bottles at my car. I don't see any police. Are you guys coming? Yes, we are on our way. I just, I don't know why they have to touch my car. Are they still surrounding your vehicle? Yeah, there's one leaning on the hood. I can't, if I move, he's going to be injured. And I don't want to injure anyone. I can't go forward. I can't go backwards. I can't go backwards because there's approximately five people on bicycles circling. Okay. I mean, sure, I could I could move, but it, someone's going to end up getting injured, and that's not, I'm, I'm just trying to prevent that. Okay, like I said, the officers are on their way. If they try to get in the car, I'm not going to have a choice but to defend myself. Okay, sir, I have officers on the way to help you now, okay? Yeah. Now they're, they're taking my um, VIN number down. Your officers are here. I'm going to hang up now. Okay. So they're actually, they're taking the guy's VIN number down. I, I, I just think, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I think that's just more of an intimidation tactic than anything else. But, but he's stuck. He, he's sitting there. Uh, we talked about this in the first hour. I spoke with a, a Columbus police officer last night. We were talking about that specific call. And, and I had mentioned that from, from the time the dispatcher says, you know, that there's a, a cruiser on the way until you hear that siren, um, in the original phone call, it, it took about five minutes. And uh, I asked that police officer, would that be the norm? He said response time downtown situation like that should be about 30 seconds. So, uh, again, police officers are wary. They don't even know what they can do because... They've been told to, to not use uh, pepper, pepper spray, tear gas to disperse large crowds. They have questions. They can't get answers from, from the mayor who seems to know it all about uh, policing, but, but can't give any practical guidance on, on how these guys are supposed to do their jobs. Jonathan, thanks for calling the Sunday Six Pack. How you doing? Good. Hey, I, I just want to say what a wonderful presentation you've given during the week on the drive time and right now your show. You know, this is really the only source of news that we have in central Ohio because nobody's reporting any of this stuff. So I just want to tell you, you know, I, I wasn't that much interested in your show or the drive time show. By God, you guys have me riveted now for the last three weeks. 
Uh, well, well, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate that. Um, something that was brought up, you brought up uh, Demetrius Stanley. I think he's absolutely right on his assessment because there is no systematic uh, uh, racism. This doesn't exist here. They're given uh, people of minority or uh, or distinction, sexual distinction, are given every advantage under the sun, even more. And in a republic, it normally doesn't work this way. Everyone's supposed to be on even footing. Something you brought up, which is very important, I've never heard brought up, was you said these people. They seem like they're highly trained. Um, individuals, these are white people, these are black people, because uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'll be called, uh, labeled a racist if I'm not making it clear who I'm talking about. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah, you know who I am. So, what you brought up in the Ukraine, the Russians, they came in and they disguised themselves as protesters. And the people in the Ukraine were confused as hell. The law, the law enforcement didn't know what to think of this, what to do. Uh, people were, were standing down. They started taking over cities. Um, they got into the airports. They got into communication centers. God, God forbid they get into six town or something like this. But you, something you brought up is an actually existing thing that could, there's a possibility of what can happen. I mean, they do disguise themselves. They come in. Ukraine is a perfect example. So this thing with the uh, George Floyd... Um, I don't see how this murder had anything to do with racism. It was bad police work. And then what I see is this, we're going to see round two, is it may or may not have been bad police work. And I mean, what I mean by this, um, I have seen a full footage by accident, a full footage video of the Floyd, when he was, uh, George Floyd was being arrested. And before he was even near the vehicle or doing anything, he was saying he couldn't breathe. They were putting him in handcuffs. Well... I've heard it was suggested, and it was by one of the defense attorneys, and, uh, you know, you can say, well, this is the defense attorney saying this. He was a claustrophobic. He was terrified to be confined or have handcuffs on him. So he was in completely in a state of duress because he, he, he couldn't emotionally deal with this. Yeah. We see the police officer on top of him. I don't know what the police officer is doing. He's, uh, George Floyd saying he can't breathe. Well, He's also on, he has, uh, uh, what is it, he has uh, fentanyl in his system, which can make you stop right. breathing. The, the, hey, uh, Jonathan, I, I, I got to jump here because we, we got to get into a break. We're running behind. Uh, thank you for calling. I appreciate your kind words. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, going back to George Floyd, nothing will ever excuse kneeling on a guy's neck for eight minutes and 41 seconds. It, it just, it, that in a, it's, itself is inexcusable. Going back to the tactics, how, how organized are these people? Not only did a, a Columbus police officer tell me last night, but I did have a, a former FBI agent on. Uh, I don't know, about uh, 10 days ago, who told me the same exact thing. The, these guys know exactly what they're doing. Tactically, they're employing uh, military-style tactics into what they do. This is all by design. This is not just a willy-nilly organic protest. we got to get into a break, and we'll get back to your calls. News Radio 610 WTVN. The Sunday Six Pack with Dave Mann on News Radio 610 WTVN. Defund the police. You, you've probably heard that uh, concept getting brandished about as of late. And joining me now is a crime prevention expert, Rania Mancarios. Rania, thank you for joining me this afternoon. So the, the popular rallying cry right now, defund the police. Um, how practical is this? What, what, are, what do they really want? I mean, do they, do they mean that? Is that just a, a broad-based term? And, and then when you dig into it, it, it doesn't have the teeth that it sounds like? Or Go ahead and tell us. 
So it depends who you ask, because there are some people that say, you know, literally defund the police. We don't need them. You see people gathering in, in parts of Seattle, um, creating cop free zones, the area of Chaz. And, and just um, real quick there, I've, I've seen a lot of people posting videos from there that have had all their stuff stolen out of their tents well, and then are upset <laughs> because there's nobody to turn to. You know, I recently did a survey. I said, would you want to live there? Would you want to have a business there? And it was 100% no and no. And then I posted a photo that was pretty concerning of a, of a guy standing with a humongous rifle at the entrance who was a volunteer, quote-unquote, security guard. So um, there are people on the extreme saying, let's defund completely, let's defund police. But the, but the people who are sort of reasonable and actually working towards solutions are hearing a different narrative where they're saying, look, we understand that people are calling for some significant changes. Um, let's look at where we can do better. So, you know, the training law enforcement men and women undergo, should we increase that? Should we create a national standard? Should we look at licensing for police officers? Should we look at de-escalation and the practices they're allowed to use? You know, what, how they're disciplined mm-hmm. or how easily it is to remove them or not remove them. And I think cities that are being honest, um, you know, are looking at, have city councils that are really looking at this in a, in a way that's, that makes sense, and that in the end can benefit um, this, the communities that they're serving. Well, even here locally, there's talk about having this uh, review board set up uh, probably a week, 10 days ago. Uh, you know, I, I heard a quote that the mayor said, you know, th- this will be appointed. <clears throat> I don't like the sound of that at all. I think uh, people are going to be cherry-picked that... Uh, you know, may or may not be qualified, but if you're going to have a civilian review board, these people, I'm guessing for the most part, they don't have police training. I was I was talking with somebody here at the station the other day, and I was going to say, anybody that seriously is going to be considered for that civilian review board, I would say that they've got to go through the police academy. And if you can get through that, then maybe you can sit on, because how can these people uh, invent policy or pass judgment when they've never been in some of these heated situations. Any insight on that? It's a very great, it's an incredible point. Now, there's sort of two sides to that coin. Um, there are cities that are actually creating these review boards to appease communities and make it, you know, I hate to say it this way, but make it appear like mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to do something. And the reality is you can't have civilians that have absolutely no understanding of the intricacies of law enforcement sit there and you know, determine policy and procedures. Right. I'll give you one quick example. You know, if people here in Houston that say, you know, yeah, dismantle police, defund police, okay. Well, we don't need police to show up to uh, when there's a homeless person. We don't need law enforcement to show up when there's somebody that's intoxicated. We don't need law enforcement um, to show up, you know, when it's just a domestic dispute, uh, you know, or an animal cruelty case. Civilians can handle that. And it's, okay, well, let's walk through it a little bit. What happens when the homeless person turns violent? Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody with mental illness turns violent or you have a family violence case where somebody pulls out a weapon um what if you're dealing with you know an animal cruelty case where you have gang members involved things can escalate very very quickly which is why these sort of social services have fallen under law enforcement um over the years because it requires a certain type of training and an ability to respond to wherever the scenario may take you and and let's face it civilians are not equipped to do that Period. Rainia Mangarios joining me, crime prevention expert, and we're talking about this whole defund the police movement that is, uh, in theory, sweeping the nation. And 
uh, Rainia is uh, giving us some insight as to you know how, how valid it is, and it, and it really varies from from part uh, each part of the country. You mentioned uh, something earlier there, you know, as far as dealing with the mentally ill. How much, how many of our problems could be solved, whether it's homelessness or crime, if we could somehow just come up with a, with a program that dealt with our our mentally ill? Because a lot of the homeless people are mentally ill. Um, th- these people are on the streets. They can't help it. They're they're mentally ill. They need help. If we had some sort of a support system to help out the mentally ill, I, I gotta believe crime uh, would drop. And is that a component of some of these defund the police things, or, or are they not even considering? Because I, I think no. that's got to be one of the foundations, right? Yeah, I agree with you, and I think a lot of them are saying, let's defund the police, let's move the millions and billions of dollars away from law enforcement agencies and pour those funds into mental illness, treatment, treatment for mental illness, um, homes for the, home, the homeless population, jobs for those that may not have jobs, um, housing, schooling, inner-city youth programs, and all of that's critically important. Um, mental health treatment is crucial, but the reality is you can't force people to get treatment. You can't right. force people to stay on medication. You know, you don't remove the law enforcement component because, again, things escalate quickly, but you can pair them with a mental health expert that can mitigate and really help law enforcement navigate a very, very, very tricky situation. If we're going to start taking money away from police departments, where, where is that going to be felt? Are they not going to have, uh, you know, Kevlar to wear? Are, are they not going to have uh, weapons, or, or at least, you know, the the best weapons that they should have. It's go- something's going to suffer. W- what do you foresee taking the hit there? Yeah, that's a critical question. We know every year the U.S. spends about two hundred twenty billion dollars on our criminal justice system. About one hundred and fifty billion of that goes to uh, police forces. You know, men and women who make up our eighteen thousand law enforcement agencies. Um, and more across the country. Um, we know that in New York, they're looking to cut $1 billion from the New York City budget and pour it into social services. And the question does become, what does that cut really mean? I mean, to your point, I think it's going to end up translating into a reduced number of law enforcement officers, a reduced number of boots on the ground. What I'd like to see and what nobody's talking about is these legal settle- settlement um accounts that are set up with all of these new law enforcement agencies. In Chicago alone, they have $153 million set aside in the city budget just for quote-unquote legal settlements relating to police misconduct. I think we need to start freeing up some of that money and looking at where we can pour those funds into social services. And no one's really talking about that, and I wish, I wish more people would, would be talking about that. Well, even if we have problems uh, in our schools, for example, nobody suggests defunding the schools. They say we need more money to fix the problems, not less. Have you heard, every now and I hear about this reference of of this utopia somewhere in New Jersey where they defunded the police department. Is that legit? Do you have any insight on that? I do, and I and I'm so thankful you asked me about it. I wish everybody would be talking about Camden, New Jersey. They they claim to have disbanded their police department seven years ago, and the headlines will say police department disbanded, 42 percent reduction in violent crime. So people say, well, case in point, Camden, New Jersey. But wait, you got to look at what they really did. What they really did was break apart the stronghold arm of the unions. And I'm not making a claim that unions are good or bad. I'm saying what Camden, New Jersey did. Therefore, reducing, greatly reducing their budget. 
but they went ahead and actually hired. They increased the number of officers on the street. Today, Camden, New Jersey is continuing to see reduction in police and violent crimes, but they have one of the largest police forces in in the United States of America. So we can't take half the story. And I really wish people would actually do their due diligence and read about what's really happening in these cities. Because you know what? I'll tell you, we talk to people from areas of greatest need to areas of greatest wealth. And they say, we can't, we need all of us. We need a law enforcement presence because it does maintain law and order. Now, do we want, um, you know, police brutality? Of course not. No question. But it doesn't mean we throw at all law enforcement officers in full. I mean, that's not where the argument should be gone. Well, and I don't even know what the legality of this is, but if police departments, um, you know, if this fringe, you know, left-wing uh, group gets rid of police departments um, the way they see it, and we see a rapid increase, uh, spike in, in crime and in murder, it's going to happen if there's no enforcement. So then what? Uh, as that happens, you know, Trump isn't going to, to sit by and simply watch that. At that point, you mobilize the military, don't you? And then everybody's going to go, oh, my God, this is the, the military state we've all feared. You You have to maintain law and order. And if there are no police to do it, I mean, is the military a viable option? I mean, it would have to be, but my my best guess is we will not get to that because most people and an overwhelming majority of the country agrees that we need police reform, but we also need our law enforcement partners. Yeah. Now, the argument that says defund, it's, it's you know, it's very frustrating because you can't defund and pour money into social services and miraculously have no crime. Okay, um, let's let's pour money into social services. Absolutely, but that takes years yeah. to be the response of that. So let's let's reform our law enforcement agencies. Let's, let's do our best to invest in the men and women in, in blue who do so much for us while we build um, all cities, inner cities, you know, all areas to make sure that people are living their best possible lives and are not resorting to crime if possible. Well, and as we watched, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Minneapolis burn a couple of weeks ago, and, and the mayor and the governor were saying, you know, I mean, the, these people pretty much ran the streets uncontested for about three and a half days, um, saying, you know what, we just got to let this run its course, because if we put out a, a show of force, it's just going to lead to more conflict. <clears throat> if, if this was happening in the neighborhood where the mayor lived or the governor lived, I, I really doubt the decree would go out to say, yeah, let's just let's just let the air come out of the balloon. Let's let this run its course. Everything will be they do that because it's it's minority neighborhoods um, that they think that they can get by. with. If, if those were rich suburbs in flames. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure things would have uh, been handled in a much different situation. Uh, we got to go real quick, but you, you had referenced this earlier. And I just want to get your quick take. Uh, you know, the president issued an executive order calling for data sharing on officers who use excessive force and funding to help police respond to homeless and mentally ill, which we talked about. Uh, a lot of people on the left are condemning it, saying it, it's not enough. Is there any real substance to this executive order that you can see? I think there's tremendous substance, and you know, and it's not a partisan issue. It's not a political issue. Let's forget who said it even. Let's look at where there is substance and movement, and I think we need to be talking about this at a national level, at a federal level, and the president is setting the stage to do that. Um, and I do like the idea of coupling mental health experts with law enforcement in those three scenarios, and I think there's room to grow there. Um, it's frustrating to me that as we work for solutions, it becomes
becomes political and anything out of his mouth will be taken, you know, as something negative. When mm-hmm. really, let's look for the good, let's work towards a solution. Um, I think we unanimously agree as a country, we need to do something. And I think, honestly, it's the last, it's the first time I've seen us agree so much on a singular topic. We all agree something must be done. So let's take the good and keep going. Rainia Mancarios, crime prevention expert. Good insight there. Central Ohio's choice for news, traffic, weather, and sports. News Radio. Appreciate you uh, dialing up the Sunday pack. I'm Dave, man. Just a real quick note out of uh, Minneapolis. Eight Ramsey County Corrections officers filed racial discrimination charges with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights on Friday. Uh, alleging that when Officer Derek Chauvin was booked into the jail after the death of uh, George Floyd, all officers of color were ordered to a separate floor. The charges allege that a supervisor told one of the officers that because of their race, they would be a potential liability around Chauvin. So now uh, racism charges, uh, I, I don't know where it ends, man. Uh, Mindy and Michaela in next with uh, What Matters, Emily Taylor. Thank you so much for everything. Have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day, dads. News Radio 610, WTVN.